You're listening to The Course Creator Show, the podcast all about building your online course business. We talk about marketing strategy, making money, and creating a business with impact that gives you freedom and lights you up. I'm Gemma Bonham Carter, a Canadian mom of two, a speaker, a real estate investor, a reality TV lover, and an online business strategist who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs create, launch, and scale their digital course businesses. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome to The Course Creator Show. For the next month on this show, we are going to dive into a series on money. We're going to be talking about personal finance, managing money as an entrepreneur, and creating more of that financial flexibility. So for those of you who might be new around here, my name is Gemma Bonham Carter. I'm a longtime entrepreneur, course creator, and yep, I love talking money. (laughs) The truth is I've always been a self-starter and someone who always had jobs, like from very early days. I'm sure my first gig was babysitting, but as a teenager, I just always loved having a part-time job. So whether it was working as a receptionist, I worked in the restaurant industry, or even the time I worked at a lemonade stand. Have you ever seen those like giant lemons that serve lemonade at fairs or events? Yes, I worked in one of those giant lemons. Uh, (laughs) I've always loved making my own money and saving it. I remember as a teenager having all of these different like savings accounts and aiming to hit different goals for different purposes. I've just always really kind of naturally been into personal finance. It wasn't really until my 20s when I started to understand about investing my money. I'd been a great saver, but I hadn't really understood anything about investing. And at age 25, I bought my first house. That maybe is like a story for another day, but I had been watching a lot of Scott McGilvery's income property show on HGTV, and that totally encouraged my boyfriend and I at the time, who is now my husband, uh, to buy our first house, which was a pretty small little house that we put a basement apartment into. So like we turned it into an investment uh, property right away. Um, But after buying my first house at 25, I didn't, again, didn't really get into like investing in the stock market until around age, I don't know, 30 or even into my early 30s. Again, because I didn't really understand about any of those things. So now I'm aged, I'm 38 today. Um, Now I have a really diverse portfolio of investments and a much better handle on personal finance in general. It's something that I've now read countless books about, listened to all kinds of podcasts of different experts, and really just tried to self educate myself. I am not a money expert by any means, but I have tried to consume as much information in order to really improve my financial health, right? And I mean, frankly, the lack of education on money and personal finance in schools is like a whole topic for another day. Um, The fact that we have to kind of do this on our own is, um, yeah, we could talk about that in another episode. But what I want to do with this podcast series is I want to explore like ways to manage our money better. I want to talk about building more of that financial flexibility and really how, yeah, how to best make and manage our money and invest it. So before we dive into the specifics, and I'll tell you about what we've got coming up in this series, let's just talk a bit about personal finance and why it's so important for entrepreneurs like us. Like personal finance 
is obviously the management of your money, right? This means budgeting, saving, investing, managing your debt, and it's essential for entrepreneurs because the financial health of our businesses is so closely tied to our personal financial wealth, or health, health and wealth. (laughs) As entrepreneurs, like, we definitely face unique financial challenges, I would say, that other typical kind of nine-to-fivers don't necessarily encounter. So for example, we often have irregular income streams, right, where our revenue goes up and down from month to month. It doesn't look consistent. We can't count on a regular paycheck in the same way. I remember when I worked, I had a whole bunch of different jobs um, in my public health career before moving into online business. And I knew, right, like every other week, I would get X amount deposited into my bank account from my paycheck. And it was really easy to develop a budget based on that because I knew exactly how much was coming in the door. And we don't have that as entrepreneurs. And particularly in the first years of our businesses when things, you know, we might not be hitting the goals we want to hit yet, right? We're putting in all of those early, all of that early work to get to where we want to get to. And our income goes real wild, right? There's like good months, bad months, and everything in between. The other thing is we often have really variable expenses that can ebb and flow. Like one month might be pretty low in terms of expenses, and another month we might be investing back into our business in some way, whether it's buying a program or going to a conference or buying a new piece of software where we're paying for a full year upfront, something like that. Those expenses can really ebb and flow. So lots of things to consider there as an entrepreneur in terms of our money. The other thing is that the financial health of our businesses is so closely tied to our personal financial health. So for example, if we're carrying a lot of personal debt, right, or living really paycheck to paycheck in our personal lives, it can sometimes mean that we're more likely to make, let's say, like short-term decisions for our businesses that that might kind of sacrifice the long-term growth of our business, right? Because we can, we're kind of only seeing like the day ahead given what our bank account looks like today and not thinking about a year from now or five years from now. On the other hand, when we have our personal finances in order, and it doesn't mean that they have to be, we have to be like incredibly wealthy, just when we feel like we have a better handle on them, I would argue that It means that we can make better decisions and let's say like more calculated risks in our businesses because we feel confident in making those decisions, knowing that there might be some financial ups and downs because we've got our personal side of things under control. I was reading, there was a study from Fidelity Investments, and they were showing that entrepreneurs who really prioritize personal finance and who have more like confidence and um, just more of a handle on their personal finance were more likely to actually have higher business revenue and bigger teams than those who don't. And I think that comes back to this idea of like when we have a handle on our personal finance, we can be making better decisions as entrepreneurs and business owners, and therefore see growth more quickly in our businesses. So I thought that was really interesting and just kind of even more of an argument for really understanding personal finance and getting a better handle on it. 
I don't know if you have been watching the new show on Netflix with Ramit Sethi. Uh, it's called How to Get Rich. I had read his book. I actually have it here next to my desk here in my office. It's called uh, it's called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. I think he'd launched it in 2009, something like that. And I read it way back then. Still have my copy, which is all like dog-eared and stuff, and, because I loved it. I would say it was definitely in my like top three personal finance books that I've read, and I've read a ton of them. Uh, and it, for me, it was a really incredible primer on on investing. Like I had a good handle on saving. I did not have a good handle on investing and kind of understanding the market. And it really was an incredible tool for me. Highly recommend it. And if you've been watching his new show, which I'm really excited that he got his own show, um, what I've been finding interesting, I've only watched the first couple of episodes, but he's working with kind of different people and couples around their money. And it's interesting to see how much people avoid money. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to look at it, right? And I get it, right? It can be, money can be a really challenging, hard, difficult topic. Absolutely. However, like most things, the more we dive into it and get used to dealing with it, the better we're going to become at understanding it, managing it, making good decisions, and our whole confidence about it will increase, right? So if you haven't been watching his show, I encourage you to go try a couple of the episodes and see what you think, because I've, I've been finding it really insightful just to kind of see what other people are struggling with, but then also to hear Ramit's suggestions and how he goes about really helping them manage or work through those money issues. And I also... I'm someone who loves to talk about money, and my husband and I have lots of conversations about money all the time. But if you're someone who doesn't ha feel like they have a good handle on their money or isn't comfortable communicating about money, this might be a really good show to kind of open the doors to that a little bit and to start some conversations uh, at home. So as what we've been talking about, like as an entrepreneur, you know, it's probably, I would argue that it's almost even more important to be looking at your money than, let's say, people in more typical nine to five jobs. Maybe not more important, but it, it, it's different. Because when you started your business, right, it was probably to make more money, right? Isn't that why you started your business, right? You either started it as a side hustle. That's how I started my business. It was really just to have another like I really was just hoping to have another income stream outside of my paycheck. Or you might have created your business to replace your nine to five job altogether. Or maybe you have goals to grow your business way past your nine to five paycheck, right? And hit really big revenue goals with your company. So if we aren't intimately familiar with the money and the numbers in our own businesses, it's going to be really hard to make the right decisions to hit that kind of growth, right? And this is why we need to be looking at the numbers. I remember reading in Denise Duffield Thomas's book, she's another kind of money expert. I remember one of the things she talked about was like tracking the money that comes in daily into your life from all sources. Now, I have to admit, I didn't, I think I tried to do that and it lasted about like 22 days or something. It just became too many things to like look at on a daily basis. However, I will say that I do look at my money, like my business sales on a daily basis. And 
I think because of that, I also look at my expenses, not on a daily basis, but definitely every month, if not a bit more than that. And I think because I'm especially looking at like my sales and revenue on a daily basis, I have a really good pulse on what's happening in my business, right? I can make quicker, more informed decisions if something starts to go off the rails. I can be more realistic about making spending decisions, right, based on what's happening in my business. And I also think that it helps to keep my eyes on the prize in terms of not getting sidetracked by tasks or like shiny object syndrome that isn't necessarily going to have enough of an ROI. So if you don't do that already in your business, I would recommend that you start doing that. I think another thing I've seen, and certainly this was a mistake that I made in the early days of my business, was not having separate accounts for your personal versus your business finances. Now, if you're already like, you know, incorporated and you have a whole separate bank account for your business, that's great. But in the early stages of business, you know, it might all be kind of mixed up together. And I know that I did this for the first, probably for the first year or two when I had a little side hustle. And I'm going to encourage you, if this is kind of where you are right now, to create that separate bank account and separate credit card for your business so that you're not mixing up your expenses. You really want to be able to see exactly how much your expenses and your revenue are for your business so that you can make those smart decisions around growing it, right? And similarly, like from a personal point of view, if you want to keep a close eye on your spending and where your money is going on the personal side, if it's all muddied up together, it's gonna be really hard to do that, right? It's really easy to open up another bank account. You can use your same financial institution, just open up a separate bank account. So if you haven't done that yet, you know, go do that right after this, after today's episode. Make that your next task on your to-do list. It's also gonna help simplify things when it comes to tax time, right? I think one of the other things that's important as an entrepreneur is having a buffer. And I know, you know, so as entrepreneurs, like obviously we've talked about this, our income can really fluctuate, right? Making it easy, let's say to overspend during good times and then struggle during more lean times in your business. So one of the first things that I would do is build this buffer. And I know for me, this provided so much peace of mind. So what I did was I would always keep some of the profit back in my business, right? Not just like pay it to myself. I would keep it in my business account and build that up to be like a buffer account. And it might start small, right? You can just put little amounts toward it every month. And over time, that will get bigger. And what I would recommend is having an idea of what that amount needs to be in order for you to be able to, let's say, pay your expenses for your business and pay yourself what you need to live on, Um, like what's the salary that you take from your business, right? And know what that number is for a couple months and have like a three-month buffer built up. Let's say everything were to go off the rails or you were to get sick or something was to come up in your life, right? Having that three-month buffer can really let you just breathe more easily as an entrepreneur. So for me, that number has really changed over time. It was one thing when I was first starting, um, and it you know has it has looked different over the years. These days, you know, given that what I know my expenses are and how much I pay myself every month and all of that kind of thing, I we tend to have. I'm also just, I like to be conservative. So we tend to have a 50K buffer at all times just 
for the peace of mind, and that is available right away. That's not like money that's tied up in investments of any kind. It's available to me if I were to need it tomorrow. So think about that buffer. If anything were to ever come up, maybe start putting some money in an account for that. The other thing is you want to really think about having a budget for your business. So it can be really easy, right, to get caught up in wanting to buy the latest courses or programs or the latest pieces of software that we see out there as online entrepreneurs. I think it's important to try to earmark like certain amounts for things like this within your business so that you don't end up overspending. So you could say to yourself like, okay, I think I'm going to put this much towards you know, continued education this year. So that might be like for courses or programs or have a sense of like, okay, I don't, I really don't want to go over X amount per month for software, because if I do, it's going to really start to cut into my profit margins. Speaking of software, you want to review those subscriptions every month. I cannot tell you how many times I've kind of like by accident stayed subscribed to something and then been like, damn, I've been paying that, you know, for that for three months and like I haven't been using it or, you know, it renews for another year or something and I realize like I really didn't need it anymore, right? So cancel any subscriptions that you aren't using anymore um, to really try and keep things as lean as possible on the expenses side. So that is was a bit of a primer, a bit of an intro into what we're going to be talking about over the next few episodes on the show. So coming up in this podcast series, we've got a couple of great episodes. We've got a financial expert, Caitlin Carlson, coming in. The interview is so good, so insightful. She's like, comes from an incredible background, having worked with billionaires on their, like, investments and and personal finance. So that's a really interesting interview that I can't wait to release. Uh, we're going to have a discussion on financial freedom numbers and setting up for retirement. We're going to be talking about different types of investing. And I would love to do a Q&A episode at the end of this series to wrap it up. So what that means is I want to hear from you. I would love to get your money questions so that I can answer them on the show. The best way to send these in would probably be just to DM me on Instagram so you can find me at at Gemma.BonhamCarter on Instagram and send me them over the DMs uh, and I will kind of collect them and answer them on the show. They can be anonymous if you prefer, that's totally fine. Or you can send them in via email to hello at GemmaBonhamCarter.com and maybe just put in the subject line, money podcast Q&A, something like that. So we know uh, we can easily identify it when it comes into our inbox. So if you have questions about money, whether this is questions around how to manage money in your business, whether it's around investing, planning for retirement, I know that's like obviously probably far off for a lot of us, but it is something we need to be thinking about now. Any questions around that, whether you are newer to business or you're an ex- like a very seasoned business owner, I can't wait to answer them and tackle them. So send those in so we can have a really juicy Q&A episode at the end of this series. That's a wrap for this one. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you next time on The Course Creator Show. That's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
If you're ready to launch your first course, sign up for our free class in the show notes to learn my method on how to do it successfully and unlock an invite into our signature program, Course Creator School. Or if you've already launched a course and you're ready to scale and go evergreen, it is time to join us inside of The Passive Project, my membership community for experienced course creators. Head to gemmabottomcarter.com forward slash apply to submit an application. If you enjoyed this episode, leave me a rating or review or tag me over on Instagram at gemma.bottomcarter. I would love to hear from you. I'll see you next time on The Course Creator Show.